Welcome to the You Should Know This podcast by BCC Research. Our podcast features innovative companies and individuals who are working to shape, disrupt, and revolutionize not only their own industries, but also the way we'll live and work in the future. Each week, we talk to visionaries whose work is something you should definitely know about. Now, here's your host, Clara Mowit. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Clara Mawad, and as a content specialist for BCC Research, I'm excited to bring you along as we talk to the companies and individuals who are leading us into the future. The world of genetics is, has not just exploded in recent years, but has evolved rapidly, building a momentum that is showing no signs of slowing down. And while the advancements being made are fantastic, it can be a bit difficult to get a solid grasp on the industry and figure out how to apply these new findings to innovate the health market. However, there are always those willing to rise to the occasion, and one company in particular brings a unique approach to this question. With me today is Mike Klein, CEO of Genomenon, a genetic health IT company that not only keeps pace with the constant advancements in the market, but is a powerhouse and an industry leader. Focused on helping connect genomic data with patient DNA in order to help diagnose and treat those with rare genetic cancers and diseases, Genomenon is enabling their customers to shape the future of genetics and shifting our approach to health. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, Clara. Sounds like I should have you be doing our audio advertising for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my pleasure. I'm excited to jump into this with you. And to start us off, can you actually give us some background on yourself and what led you to becoming the CEO of Genomenon? Certainly, certainly. So I'm a four-time serial entrepreneur, um, mostly uh, you know, all the work I've done, all the past companies I've done have been software companies and IT companies. Um, I was, you know, from, from after we sold or uh, left my last company, um, I was involved with the U University of Michigan, their tech transfer office as a mentor in residence, just coaching other companies. And Genomenon at that time started looking for, was looking for an experienced CEO that um, had experience on the commercial side, you know, growing and building go-to-market strategies that had experience working with investors and fundraising and overall corporate growth, right? Going from a, a, a really small team to, you know, how do you build a market leader? Um, I became infatuated with the company's mission, you know, the ability to leverage, you know, genomic, genomic data in a market that, in, in a technology and a science that is, is quite literally feels like it's still in the first inning. There's just so much we can do that um, it got me, got me hooked. Uh, and and uh, I joined four years ago, four and a half years ago, and I've been excited. I still get excited every day to get up and, and do what we're doing. Well, and it's a very exciting, not just field to be in, but what Genomenon is doing specifically is also, you know, you're being a catalyst to this shift. And we're going to talk all about that in a minute. Um, but for our listeners who may not be too familiar with the world of genomic IT health, uh, the whole, you know, sphere that you guys work in, can you run down or maybe expand upon the mission of Genomenon? What exactly is it you guys are trying to accomplish? Yeah, so let's let's put that, let's parse that a little bit. So the first piece is, what does genomic health mean? Or when we talk about genomics and, and the impact to health, um, we're talking about precision medicine, the ability to use genomic information in both genetic diseases to understand, make diagnostic decisions and treatment decisions, as well as treating cancer patients. Because what we know now is that cancer is a genetic disease. It's a disease of your genome, right? And so, you know, we're seeing a lot of advances and probably everybody 
is hearing today, if you watch TV at all and see a, pharma, a, a pharmaceutical commercial or a drug commercial, they start listing out in their fine print, if you can do that in audio, right, listing out and saying, okay, if you have a PDL marker and they start talking about the genetic markers that qualify you or disqualify you from taking a specific drug because they know if you have certain genetic characteristics, you're more likely to respond favorably to the drug treatment. Mm. So what we're doing in you know, our mission at Genomenon is we're leveraging artificial intelligence and we're doing that to make genomic information actionable. And we do that in two ways. In one side of our business, we're working with genetic testing labs to do exactly what you said. We're connecting patient DNA with the billions of dollars of scientific research that's out there to help diagnose and make treatment, better treatment decisions for patients you know, in the rare disease area and the genetic disease area. And then the second side of what we're doing is we work with the pharma companies to help them identify the genomic drivers that are needed to develop and find patients for clinical trials for these precision medicines. I mean, and we're going to break that down even further because, I mean, <laughs> very exciting. And especially when you, I mean, of course, this is a little broad because it has to be, it's the mission, it's the overall goal. And so that in and of itself is is really, um, it just gives, it feels like it gives people back the power, right? When you talk, especially when it comes to genetics and understanding, you know, genetic diseases and how people sometimes feel like there's this loss of of control um, and really kind of saying, no, we can step in and we can, we can shift this whole thing now. So super great outcomes. Now to get to those outcomes, like you mentioned, um, you guys are an AI driven uh, genomics company. I, and I know a lot of people are fascinated with the role that AI is starting to play. So can you expand on how AI allows you to achieve these things? Yeah, you know, I think there's three key drivers that AI enables us to do that literally has turned the world, you know, upside down from what was done five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You know, the world that used to exist is people would read through articles and they would try to find pertinent information and try to build a database out of that. Well, in four years, we've exceeded by a factor of 100x, 100 times more information that we've been able to ingest through using our AI technologies than companies that have been doing this for 20 years with hundreds of scientists reading and entering information into the databases. Wow. So we, we think about AI in three areas. One is finding the vast amount of information that is spread across millions of scientific publications and databases. Uh, after we find it, the second part is organizing and, and normalizing that because there are hundreds of ways that authors can describe genomics and genomic data and even though they're talking about the same thing, they may be using different language. So we use our AI tools to help us synthesize that and normalize that. So if I'm looking up a patient's DNA, I can describe it in one of a, a number of different ways. I'm going to find every way that an author has described that. And then the last piece is, um, the third piece is once we've you know, found and organized and normalized the data, is finding meaning or driving meaning out of the information that we're finding. How do you curate that data for clinical significance so we know what that means in the case of a patient? And how do we use that data uh, to get meaning for drug discovery and development? Really cool. And something that I think really is comes to light as you exp explain this is um, something that you mentioned earlier where you guys are making all of this information actionable, you know, turning this knowledge into something that can really be used. Um, and that's kind of what we're seeing unfold here. Now, 
you guys have two products that I want to dive into. Okay. And the first is your mastermind genomic search engine. Right. So starting right there, what is it and how does it work? So um, if you think about it, if Google had gone to school to become a, get a PhD in bioinformatics and <laughs> genomics, that's what we created. Okay. So it's, uh, we've basically gone in and organized all the world's genomic scientific information. Um, we have indexed over 8 million uh, articles and 2.7 million supplemental data sets and organized that um, so that you can, um, you can go in and search on a patient's DNA, specific DNAs, so what they're called variants. Um, look at that variant in the context of a specific disease or a specific set of symptoms and be able to pull out all the scientific literature around that, uh, around that, that specific patient variant. It's being used by, you know, Mastermind is being used by um, over a thousand labs in 146 countries right now. Um, and it has become, you know, very quickly become the world's foremost genomic search engine to connect patient DNA with the scientific research. And um, can you maybe showcase a couple examples of the different ways this information is being used? I totally understand what you mean about kind of condensing all of this information in one place, but what are maybe a few different ways that some of your customers are able to really utilize the search engine? Yeah, let me let me bring it home with a couple, with a, a story, you know, kind of a, a boots on the ground story with um, Radies Children's Hospital. So Radies Children's Hospital is one of the um, one of the thought leaders and the premier users of using uh, DNA sequencing, next generation sequencing, to very rapidly diagnose a, uh, a newborn that is born with a rare disease. And in a lot of cases, it's life-threatening rare diseases. Um, they had a patient that was uh, three days old, suffering from dozens of seizures a day. Uh, they ran through and did the genetic sequencing and um, when they ran through the standard tools, they ran through some of these manually curated databases. They did Google searches on the baby's uh, DNA. They couldn't find anything that helped them with the diagnosis. They, when they went in and plugged that DNA into the Mastermind Genomic Search Engine, we were able to find a single paper that connected that baby's DNA to the research that was out there. And that paper suggested a nutritional defect. When they supplemented the baby's diet, the seizure stopped. Wow. And now this baby is three years old and Radies is a very large user of mastermind, right, in their genetic sequencing. And so, you know, what it means in a lot of cases is when you have life-threatening diseases in the form of a rare disease, sometimes it's about finding a needle in a haystack, uh, finding that right scientific information that can help lead to a diagnosis, that can help lead to a cure, that can quite literally change the course of a baby's life, of a family's life, and um, and so that's that's what we're doing is we're finding every needle in every haystack. We're organizing that and we're putting it at the fingers of at the fingertips of doctors to help them make better diagnosis and, and treatment decisions. I mean, that story just gave me goosebumps. That's amazing that that was. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then it also helps give, I think, give us a better idea of how medicine is evolving because um, I've heard it a lot. I know a lot of people have heard it a lot. Oh, you know, there's a lot that your genetics will tell you. I mean, we're starting with 23andMe. We're advancing now more to the medical side of things. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that sometimes as consumers, people that aren't directly involved in this industry, we're a little short-sighted as far as what we are, what is 
capable of of happening within the genomics market and the impact that that's really going to have on long-term health um, and disease management. So I think that's a fantastic story that really highlights what we're now able to do um, and how exciting the future will be. And so on the other side of the same coin, you guys have your second product, which is your mastermind genomic landscape. So this kind of speaks back to what you mentioned about your pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical companies. Um, This allows them to access the precise and comprehensive information that you guys provide. But can you expand on why this is so vital for them? Yeah, so great question, Clara. So you think about Mastermind as a search engine is really looking at every tree in the forest and trying to understand what that tree means in the context of the disease. The other side, the flip side for pharma companies is what our pharma customers have come to us and said is they want to understand the entire forest. I've got a disease. I want to understand every gene that has an impact on that disease. I want to understand every variant that has ever been seen in the context of that disease. And I want to understand which of those variants are disease causing and not disease causing. And so what we've done is, you know, once we built our our genomic search engine, we take that same core data and we run another set of AI algorithms on that to what we call curate that data to actually bring that meaning to identify the which of those uh, genomic, we'll call them genomic biomarkers or variants, are disease causing. And that provides a lot of insight for our pharma companies, um, ranging from drug discovery, where they're trying to identify targets, to clinical trial stratification, as we talked about earlier, in the world of precision medicine, what we want to do, even at the clinical trial stage, more and more precision medicine companies are using your genomics to identify whether you should be included in a clinical trial or not. And then on the back end, what they call companion diagnostics. So going back to these commercials we talked about where they're saying, you know, you must have a biomarker or a a, uh, genetic uh, gene impact in this certain area. We identify and can help uh, our pharmaceutical companies identify which genomic biomarkers should be included in their companion diagnostic that identifies the, the patients that are eligible to take these new precision medicines. Got it. Really coming down to that precision, really, is as what it sounds like. Um, exactly. And is do you have maybe a story on how you've seen that unfold within certain pharmaceutical companies that could highlight the shift that we've had, like how we've done things before to how this enables people to do things now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of our one of our customers is working in the area of monogenic obesity. So this is an early onset uh, or a a, uh, early youth uh, form of obesity that is genetically driven. And what they found is that there are certain genetic pathways that basically cause, uh, you know, from early childhood on uh, these patients to be to never be satiated when they eat. Right. So they're constantly hungry is driving them to eat more and more and more. Um, well, in the past, you know, they may have had to run, if you think about 20 years ago, and they didn't understand the genetic drivers behind it, they would say, well, okay, we've got obese patients. How would we do this? How would we treat these patients? And you know, as they're going in to gen- develop these genetic, you understand, better understand the genetic drivers, well, it's only a small fraction of obese patients that have these, these genetic drivers behind it. But it's an important part that if you can address the genetic uh, challenges, and neutralize those, you can have significant impact for these these uh, these adolescents and children's lives, right? And so, 
what we've been able to do is work um, with this particular pharmaceutical company to help identify what are the characteristics, what are the genomics, where these patients are really identified as, and could be helped by the drug. And if you, if you just ran your, your clinical trials against every patient that was obese and they didn't have the genetics that said this drug would help them, that clinical trial would fail and the drug would never make it to market. Right. But the idea of precision medicine is we can very we can define and identify the patients that can be helped by the drug by identifying the genetics and qualifying them. So now all of a sudden we've got a successful drug that can help a, uh, a number of patients, you know, maybe not all the patients, but maybe 5% or 3% of the, the obese patients that have these specific genetics that are driving the obesity. Perfect. That, I think that really highlights exactly what precision medicine is and what it can do. Um, in a very encouraging way. I think that it's really neat to hear these kinds of stories in light of all of the, you know, upcoming issues that we've been facing. Um, speaking of upcoming issues or hmm, present issues, um, has COVID <laughs> uh, impacted your business at all? And if so, how? Um, yeah, so a really interesting question, really great question. So when we were facing, you know, when uh, the middle of March last year, um, when you know the COVID was coming in, everybody started to shut down. Um, the VCs, there were some pretty prominent VCs that were out there that were really saying, "Hey, the sky is falling. Everybody, you know, tighten your hatches. This is going to be a terrible year that's coming up." And in fact, you know, in a number of service industries and a number of other businesses, it was a pretty challenging year and continues and remains to be challenging for a lot of businesses. We were in a very fortunate situation where. Um, Genomics and the growth of, of uh, genetics and genomics, both on the, on the precision medicine side for pharmaceutical companies, as well as the diagnostic side, I think is really, you know, it's, we're seeing the, the knee of the curve, the hockey stick of this takeoff in the market. And, um, you know, last year was a great year for us. We, we doubled on every key metric, you know, revenue, number of customers, uh, beat our plans, you know, dramatically beat our plans. So, it turned out as scary as it was in March, looking back now at 2020, you know, through our rearview mirror, uh, it turned out to be a very successful year. And even though some of our customers delayed some of their implementations, I think the um, momentum in genomics overcame some of those delays that we saw in some of the programs from our customers. Yes. And when it comes to COVID, for all of the hardship that it has brought, I love hearing stories like that where, you know, it helps propel certain aspects, especially within the healthcare market, because we need those wins. So, that's, <laughs> you know, we absolutely do. <laughs> um, and so I know a lot of, of your customers are these big pharmaceutical companies, these clinics. Um, would you say that do your customers work with clients directly or is this a lot, a lot of this still in the research phase? Do you see kind of boots on the ground clinicians who are utilizing your products immediately with the patients that they currently see or are these more for studies right now? No, this is all clinical. So when we talk about clinical work uh, and the genetic testing labs, this is patient facing work. So they are uh, doing genetic testing, you know, across a wide range of diseases. So everything from rare diseases to, uh, to cancer. Uh, and they're trying to understand the genetic drivers behind that. And so this is boots on the ground, actionable information that we're putting at the fingertips of, uh, of doctors, of geneticists, of molecular pathologists that are, uh, are analyzing patients' DNA specifically for 
treatment and and uh, and cures. So it's happening right now. That's it's happening right now. Oh my gosh, very exciting. Um, and Mike, I. I feel like time has literally just flown with this conversation. It has been phenomenal talking with you about this. Um, I can't let you go without asking one more question. Uh, So like you mentioned at the very beginning, genomics is an industry that is just getting started. Um, How do you see it unfolding and where do you see this field in 10 to 15 years? Yeah, that's So that's a great question, Claire. You know, if you think about, it was only 20 years ago, we sequenced the first human DNA, right? The whole DNA. That's crazy. And, um, and today, you know, we're able to go in and very cost effectively sequence your entire DNA. You're watching the drop, you know, the cost of that drop faster than, you know, Intel's Moore's law, right? It just continues to get cheaper and cheaper to do that, which means that we can create a lot more data and analyze a lot more patients. The bottleneck we have in the industry right now is when you look across, you know, um, 3.2 billion nucleotides in your DNA, that's a lot of information to understand. And so very quickly, what happens in the in the uh, clinical world, in the genetic testing world, is they narrow down to which genes they're going to look at based on the diagnosis or the, the disease that you're displaying or the symptoms that you're displaying. Um, I see a world in the next five years where we're going to flip that model upside down. So instead of narrowing down and saying, okay, I'm trying to find one specific genetic indication that's driving this this uh, this disease or these set of symptoms, you're going to start with your entire DNA. And once we have interpreted and understand what everything in your DNA looks like, we're going to run that through a filter. And we'll be able to tell you every piece of health information associated with your genetics from not only a diagnostic perspective and not just narrowing in and saying, oh, well, we're only looking for you know this particular indication, but across everything that's going on for you, as well as the prognostic indicators, right? Here's what it's going to look like in 10 years and 20 years. You're starting to see a little bit of a hint on that with uh, 23andMe and some of the consumer-facing areas. But those are just kind of, you know, skipping across the top and looking at the really, um, you know, very shallow look at your at your DNA, where I think in the next five or 10 years, we're going to be able to do a deep dive, run it through a filter, and pop up right away a report that's going to say, Here's everything we know about all the research that's been done over the last 20 years and put that at both the patient's fingertips as well as the doctor's fingertips. Really getting proactive instead of a defensive kind of um, a t- a process, which... That's exactly... That's a great way to say it. Yep. I love it. Yep. This, is, this has been wonderful. And if anyone is interested in learning more about Genomenon, where can they find you guys? So they can find us uh, at our website at genomenon.com. I'll, I'll spell it because sometimes, you know, that, that name is a little difficult, right? right? So uh, genomenon, like, uh, like in genome, G-E-N-O-M-E-N-O-N.com. Perfect. And we'll add those links in the show notes so people can have easy access to that. Once again, thank you so much, Mike. It's been wonderful having you on. Thanks, Claire. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for listening to the You Should Know This podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing or sending us a quick five-star review. Episodes come out weekly, and we're excited to bring you along as we talk to the companies and individuals who are leading us into the future.